Jesus Christ. Amen. Word of God which engages us this day is the first two verses of our gospel lesson where Peter asked Jesus the question, Lord, how often will my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Up to seven times? Jesus responds saying, I say to you, not seven times, but 70 times seven. Thus far the text. Dear friends in Christ, Peter was probably expecting that Jesus was going to praise him for how generously he was offering to forgive someone who sinned against him. He asked Jesus a very practical, simple question. How often should my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Up to seven times? Now you see the religious teachers of the day, the rabbis of the day were saying that you only had to forgive someone three times when they sinned against you. After that, you weren't obligated to forgive them at all. Peter doubles that number and throws in another one for good measure and is probably thinking Jesus is going to praise him for his generous forgiveness. But in the answer that Jesus gave to Peter, Peter sees, and so do we, that when it comes to forgiving people, forgiveness given by Christians is not only to be generous, but it is to be unlimited. Jesus responds, I tell you, Peter, not up to seven times, but 70 times seven. Or as it's sometimes translated, 77s. In other words, there is no limit at all on the number of times we forgive someone who repents and comes to us asking for forgiveness. No limits whatsoever. Now that's a hard thing to do, isn't it? It's easier said than done. Oh, there are those times where forgiveness is very easy. Someone's five or ten minutes late to a meeting and they come in and apologize and it's relatively easy to forgive them. Or there's a time when they unknowingly and certainly didn't mean to offend us or do something wrong and they apologize and again it's relatively easy to forgive them. But then there are those other times when they purposely, intentionally, maybe even go out of their way to do something that impacts us deeply. They knew exactly what they were doing, and they did it anyway. We know that feeling. That feeling deep down of wanting to get back at them, wanting to get revenge, wanting retribution, wanting something bad to happen to them, either at our hands or at the hands of someone else. There are people who even carry around in their minds mental lists of people they know they need to get back at. And no one goes off that list until they feel they have gotten back at them sufficiently or something really terrible has happened to them and then and only then they'll be happy to take them off that list. Well, Jesus in our gospel lesson for today tells a parable in order to put forgiveness in perspective and in order to remind us of just how much we, as his children, have been forgiven. In that parable, there's a king who had a servant and that servant had a debt 
that is described in our gospel lesson as being 10,000 talents. Now, that might not sound like much to us, but a talent is a measure of money that's equal to 20 years of wages. In other words, that servant owed 10,000 units, each one of them being the equivalent of 20 years of wages. There's no way that he could pay off that incredible debt. And eventually the king calls him forward, and after he pleads and begs, the king simply wipes the debt away. What an incredible amount to be simply taken off the books. Then that same servant who's been forgiven this incredible amount by the king goes out and finds someone who owes him a hundred denarii. Now again, that might not sound like much to us. A denarius was the amount of money equal to a day's pay. So this guy, this servant, who was forgiven this incredible amount, was owed about three months and ten days' worth of wages. Instead of remembering how much he had been forgiven by the king, he instead grabs and chokes that servant who owed him and has him thrown in jail over that debt. You see, God is telling us that that's the way it looks to him. When we who have been forgiven so much fail to forgive someone else. Let's talk about what it means to forgive someone. On more than one occasion, I've had a person come up to me and say, Pastor, I don't know if I've really forgiven this person because I can still remember very vividly in my mind what they did. Because I remember it, does that mean I haven't really forgiven that person? Of course not. We may never be able to wipe out from our mind the details of what happened, the details of what that person did to me. But I always follow up by asking the question, how do you remember it? Do you remember it as a very matter-of-fact thing? Or do you remember it with anger, a vengeful spirit, still wanting to get back at them and settle the score? If so, perhaps you haven't really forgiven them in your heart and in your mind. The word in our gospel lesson for today that Jesus uses for forgive literally means to let go of something. So when I forgive, I am letting go of anger, a vengeful spirit, wanting to get even, wanting retribution, wanting to settle the score. We're not saying that this person doesn't deserve, by worldly standards at least, to have someone get back at them. We're saying that, guided by the Spirit of God, we're letting go of that as far as we are concerned anyway. And all of that begins with a God who has also let go of his wrath at us because of our sin. Just like the king in that parable that freed the slave from an incredible debt, so also our God has released us from an incredible debt. And he only could do it because his son paid that debt for us on the cross with his life and with his blood. And you know, throughout the scriptures, 
God uses a bunch of different images to try and get through to us just how completely and totally forgiven we are. We referenced one of them earlier in our absolution for the sins. In Psalm 103, God says, I have removed your transgressions from you as far as the east is from the west. In other words, they can't be any more removed from you than they are. In Jeremiah chapter 31, God promises, I will forgive your iniquity and I will remember your sin no more. Or in Isaiah chapter 38, King Hezekiah rejoices that God has put his, Hezekiah's, sins behind his back, where they can't be seen and they can't be grabbed anymore. Or finally, in Malachi chapter 7, Malachi rejoices that God has taken all of our sins and placed them in the depths of the sea. All of these and many other ways throughout the scriptures, God tries to get across to us that we are completely and totally forgiven. There is no more anger, no more wrath that he has at us for our sins. It's all been taken away by Christ on the cross. And as such now, he asks us, people who have been forgiven so much, to forgive others in the same way. He never said it more clearly than he did in Ephesians chapter 4 when he said, Therefore, be kind, tender-hearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ has forgiven you. We might ask ourselves, well, what does that look like when we forgive others as we have been forgiven? There was an excellent example, first of all, in our Old Testament lesson for today, when Joseph forgives his brothers. Remember what those brothers did to him? He comes out to them in a field, they grab him and throw him in a cistern, which is a big water-collecting hole in the ground. It was dry at that time. They then sell him off to travelers who were coming through, and he ends up a slave. Then they take his coat and dip it in goat's blood and go back and tell their father Jacob, or at least deceive him into thinking, that Joseph has been attacked by wild animals and is dead. Joseph had every right to be angry, to be wrathful toward those brothers, but instead in our Old Testament lesson, when he sees them, he actually breaks down and forgives them. A more modern-day example occurred back in 2006 in Pennsylvania, in an Amish town called West Nickel, Pennsylvania. It was on October 2 of 2006 when a lone gunman named Charles Roberts came into a small one-room Amish schoolhouse and shot ten girls, killing five of them before he turned his gun on himself and killed himself. Now one could imagine that parents and other relatives would have every right to be angry, vengeful, seeking retribution, not against Roberts anymore because he was dead, but perhaps his family members and others. But within just a couple of hours, Amish people were showing up on the doorsteps of Robert's widow his parents, and his parents-in-law. Not to get revenge, but to comfort them in their time of sorrow. Thirty of the Amish people actually attended Robert's funeral. And they even set up a fund for Robert's family. 
That's what it looks like when we who have been forgiven so much forgive others when they sin against us. Is there someone in your life for whom you could let go of that anger and that desire to get even once again? If so, I pray that God gives you the strength and the faith and the courage to be able to do so. I pray that God gives each of us the faith and the strength and the courage to live as people of forgiveness, people who have been forgiven so much, and people who daily forgive, not seven times, but 70 times seven. May God so grant it for Jesus' sake. Amen. And now may the peace of God that passes all understanding guard our hearts and our minds in this one true faith unto life everlasting. Amen.